This episode of the podcast is sponsored by HCA Healthcare. With graduation season already in motion, now's the time to plan for the next steps in your career, which is why I recommend checking out the nurse residency program with HCA Healthcare. HCA Healthcare's year-long nurse residency program is tailored to support newly graduated nurses and ease that first-year anxiety. Plus, HCA Healthcare gives you the opportunity to advance your career in one of the largest healthcare systems in the country. Don't wait. Students who are preparing to graduate and recent grads are eligible to apply to the nurse residency program at HCA Healthcare. You can learn more today at careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. Again, that's careers.hcahealthcare.com residency. HCA Healthcare is an equal opportunity employer. Now onto the episode. Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume RX, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. It's your host, Amanda Gornieri. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode. This episode is a little bit different. It's a repurposed recording of an Instagram Live that I did with the one and only Nurse Clara. Clara and I did this live together a few months ago when we were talking about how to find and land your nurse practitioner job. Because if you don't know Clara, she's an RN who went back to school to become an NP. And we had a lot to talk about when it came to finding an NP job. And we talked about my method of how I recommend going about it. And we also were able to talk about her experience as a fresh new NP grad and the methods that worked for her. So this is a nice conversation that I think you'll enjoy. It's not exactly interview format, it's more conversational. And I think this is essentially, you know, a nice 20 minute masterclass on how to find a nurse practitioner position. So I hope that you enjoy. Please, as always, let me know if there's something additional that you'd like to learn on this topic or if you have any feedback about the episode. So let's get right into this a conversation between me and Nurse Clara all about how to find your nurse practitioner position. Hello. Hi. I, I hear you, but I can't. Okay, I see you now. Oh, okay. Hi. Good. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I have to tell you that the series you did over the weekend, the Sunday Confessions, uh-huh. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like the highlight of my weekend reading those. I just, I just love your people. They just send you so much gold. <laughs> I know. It's always so surprising how, how much people trust me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, know, I know your name. Like, I can see your profile. You're, you're like, telling me all these details of your life. But it's really fun. Yeah. But 
it's always super intense. And honestly, it gets like more and more intense the more often I do it, which is crazy. Yeah, I love but, it. Yeah, thanks for um, following along. And I'm so excited today to talk about how to navigate the NP job search, right? Yes. Um, and that's something that you are super passionate about, Amanda. And you help nurse practitioners find, land, and fall in love with and stay in love with their NP jobs. And obviously I recommend your profile and your resources to like everyone I know um, because they're so good and they're one of a kind. And so tell us a little about you, Amanda, what your background is in terms of like your professional life and what the Resume Rx is all about. Yeah, I appreciate it. I am super passionate about this area and and particularly going live with you is so fun because I've been following you for a while since you started your RN job and now oh you know, you're transitioning to NP world, which is so super exciting. But briefly, a little bit about me. I've been in NP for 10 years now. I feel like I'm old. <laughs> no, um, you're wise. <laughs> yes, I'm wise. Exactly. I am wise. Um, and so for the past three years, I've been in business for myself with this platform, helping other nurses and NPs navigate the professional stuff that we never really learned about in school. And a big, big portion of that, particularly for NPs, is this kind of transition to practice period. So that period where you're looking for a job and you need to know how to do that because it's different than from when you were an RN. And then also actually transitioning to the role, getting comfortable, what things need to look like, how you can set yourself up for success, how to avoid burnout, all those things so that, you know, we can be stronger professionals, um, stronger and happier people and advocate for what we deserve and want in the workplace. So that's really, you know, the, the area that I've carved out for myself. And it's so fun using social media to, reach people where they're at because it, mm-hmm. it's just like a nice accessible way for me to help educate, which is not stuffy, right? Like I'm not right. necessarily teaching in a program and it's not super formal. It's a much more fun way to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. I think social media has helped us really like transform the way we market ourselves and like create like this personal brand, um, but also like connect professionally what we're really excited to talk about today, not only just the job search, but also promoting the NP Society, which is, I think, such an amazing thing. Um, And I'm so honored to be a member as an affiliate. There's about 250 members so far. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So this is, yeah, it's a great group. We've got about 250. Yes. NPs and NP students. We've been around for a little less than a year. And it's really, uh, it's really kind of like my labor of love. I just, one of my core values is community and also connection. And so this is really my opportunity to bring people together who can really benefit from kind of being in the same virtual room, so to speak. Right. I mean, and virtual is the highlight of thriving in the past, in the season, right? <laughs> right. Um, Oh, man. And so I'm so excited to also take part in the four monthly sessions, like the virtual sessions where we can, you know, talk about self-care, also find mentors and have mentorships and be mentors as well. And um, I just love what you're doing. And um, so, yeah, I think we have a lot of MP students and maybe fresh MPs like myself. So I'd love to ask you, how does one even start with the MP job search? For me, like a personal experience that I had was that, you know, it's so different 
from graduating as um, a registered nurse and like getting a bachelor's or some people have their associates, because typically before we graduate, we are applying to jobs. And sometimes a lot of us land jobs and kind of graduate knowing where we're going to be. But I feel like for nurse practitioners, some people have weeks, some people have months, some people even have years in between graduation boards and then finding their dream jobs. So how do you even start? Like when is the right time to even start doing that? Yeah. So I think that it's never too early to start thinking about the process. I, I gave a guest lecture last night to the NYU graduate students who are in their first year of their NP program. And this was something that I that came up a lot. You know, even though they're first year NP students, it's not too soon to start thinking about what you want after graduation. Now you don't have to go out and start applying for jobs or or even take anything too seriously, but just kind of being aware of what you like, what you don't like when it comes to the professional side of things, but also the personal side of things. Mm -hmm. You've probably had, you know, years of experience as a nurse and, and maybe you know by now that you really don't like nights or you really enjoy nights or you really, you know, enjoy weekends or you like working three days a week versus five days a week, like the personal side of things, which are so, so important to your overall happiness. So really getting curious about that and, and getting comfortable with exploring those things is a great first place to start. And, and on the professional side of things, really when you start your clinical rotations is a, is a great time for you to kind of clue into what type of NP you want to be after you graduate. And, you know, when you're in school, of course, we choose specialties, right? But mm -hmm. depending on what those specialties are, for example, you know, if you're an FNP, it's so broad, you have so many options after graduation. So you can figure out, okay, do I want to start in primary care, very broad, or do I have another interest that I want to pursue? So I think that's really like the pre-work, right? That is really yeah. good to do. And then usually when you're in your final year or final semester is when you can start to take things a little bit more seriously in terms of putting some plans in place. And we can talk more about what that looks like too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One major tip that I like to give everyone, even though I'm going through the process myself, um, something I've learned is how important it is to really make connections and just like just these relationships, right? Not just to get a job and not just to whatever, but because, you know, it, when you grow professionally, you need to have this network um, for like referrals and definitely th these friendships of kind of like, you know, when you're working in the hospital, your fellow nurses kind of like get what you're going through. And it's like something that you can't find in like your personal friendships. So I think it's really important. And also I found so many great mentors in my clinical instructors and they yes. give me so much advice and um, advocate for me throughout this process. And so I think that's a really great piece of advice to really just get everything out of your clinical rotations. And I know something you talk about um, often is reverse engineering the job search. Yes. Um, can you give us a little glimpse of what that sure. is? I don't want you to like give too much of your No, that's away, okay. But I know I'm happy to. Yeah, I think um, it's such a unique um, perspective. So, so really what I like to say not to do is to not rely on online job boards as your only job search strategy. And, um, and there's reason for that, you know, online positions, online postings are very competitive. It's what the majority of people are doing. Not all jobs make it to an online job posting. And, and most of the jobs are filled by referral or word of mouth anyway. So if that's your only thing, then you really reduce those chances of of getting a job because it's more competitive. Now, reverse engineering is a process where 
you know, the first thing where I said, getting clear about what type of professional priorities and personal priorities you have, that's really the first step is, is imagining, okay, what type of role will I be happy in? And, and mapping that out for yourself. And then that's what you take to figure out or look for opportunities, not necessarily job postings, but organizations, clinics, institutions, places that would employ someone with that kind of mapped out dream job that you've come up with. So that's really the first step is like, oh, this uh, someone who's really interested in women's health who wants to work uh, a nine to five office job, well, that would be OBGYN clinics, right? So that's just an example. So then rather than going to indeed.com and searching for nurse practitioner OBGYN in your town, you would instead go to something like Google Maps or Google and search for places and then start reaching out directly to those places. Disregard whether or not they're you know, actively hiring. Mm-hmm. You want to start kind of cold outreaching to them and making connections there and inquiring about opportunities that way. That is super helpful to know. And I feel like, you know, we're not taught that in school. We're not taught to like do these cold calls. What would be a professional way to do that for someone who is trying to make connections, but not, you know, try to bother the, the, uh, the flow of the clinic or, you know, annoy the office manager or whatever. Right. Uh, so I actually think email is the best way to start with that because, you know, it gives the person permission to respond on their own time. You know, it, if you're basically asking consent to move forward with the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's usually, you know, for me, I much prefer writing emails and being on the phone because I like to think out what I want to say and, you know, type things out and proofread as opposed to getting a little bit nervous about what I'm going to say on the phone. Uh, right. and it also gives you a paper trail and, and gives you an opportunity to, to follow up. Um, so I think writing an email is is the best way to start. And you would make it kind of like a cover letter, but a little bit less formal. You want to make sure that it's really clear that you're reaching out to them directly. So one time I reached out to a clinic that I really wanted to work at. It was a fertility practice. I've got a background in women's health. And in the email, I said, you know, I've been, I'm new to the area. I've been looking for places to work. I'm really impressed by your clinic. And in parentheses, I wrote, or I read your uh, reviews on Google, you know, and I, I just pointed out like how impressed I were, I was by their practice. And I got a response within a couple hours with an invitation to talk with the office manager. So, you know, making those little connections or, or kind of like personal touches can go a long way. Um, but to answer your question, email is a great place to start and then coming up with a follow-up plan so that if your email goes unanswered, you've reminded yourself to follow up within a week or so. Okay. So you would say the follow-up time period, like a professional time period is about a week or so. Is that correct? I would say so. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, people are, are busy and, you know, the flow of, of a clinic, I feel like works in, in weeks, right? Like it takes a week to get through all the standard meetings that might happen, right? So if you email the office manager, they might want to chat with their medical director before replying to you. And that rhythm might be a week long rhythm. Uh, So that's usually what I recommend is about a week or so after that first contact. If you don't hear back, you can just reply to your previous email and, and gently say, you know, hey, just bumping this in your inbox. Wanted to know if you're if you're open to this conversation and see what happens there. Sure. What about like, if you find a job listing you love, like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect job. I want this job. This is my dream job. It's 10 minutes from my house. Uh, The reviews are great. 
but you're a new grad and it says two or three years of experience required. How does one go about that? Because a lot of us have many years of experience as bedside nurses or other nurses, yet we don't have this experience, but we're like, oh my gosh, if you don't give me the experience, how am I going to get any experience? I know. It is such a conundrum, right? Um, mm. So apply anyway is is absolutely my advice. Um, I have known many new grads who have been in this scenario that you described and have gotten the job because they applied anyway. And they really went above and beyond to stand out. You know, they they wrote a very personalized and personal cover letter. They had multiple touch points. So not only did they apply online, but maybe they also reached out to the recruiter or the office manager gently and, and said, you know, I just wanted to bring my application to your attention. I am, mm -hmm. you know, this is the exact job I envisioned when I was in school or, or whatever you want to say, right? As many touch points as possible and including a follow-up. So, you know, pay attention to if a job posting has a deadline or if it's no longer posted and they've taken it down, you know, you can follow up within a week or two and, and re-express your interest or ask mm -hmm. about an update on the hiring process. Yeah, and I feel like these online platforms are getting a lot more, um, they're becoming very helpful in terms of the job search. Like, for example, I noticed on LinkedIn, um, when you look for jobs through LinkedIn, it tells you actively recruiting and also mm -hmm. like how many people have applied. And yes. I feel like that's so helpful because if you see that 30 people have applied and you might not have the exact requirements to meet that job opportunity, it kind of tells you, okay, well, let me like move this down my priority list and still look. And also I love seeing when the jobs were posted, right? Sometimes would you say it's a red flag if the job posting has been live for like 30 plus days or so? Like, what, <laughs> what do you say about that? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, potentially. You know, usually that's someone who just like forgot to take it down, which says something about their, their organizational skills or something. You know, if a place is understaffed and they have multiple roles that they're hiring, I'm not necessarily going to hold that against them. But what's more of a red flag is if you see a job posted and then it goes down and then maybe a month later it's posted again. Oh, like if you keep mm -hmm. seeing it posted over and over, then that right. could tell you, you know, that they're unable to fill it for some reason, which is mm. unlikely, um, or more likely is that they have really high turnover. Got it. Hey there, friend. If you are a brand new nurse practitioner or an NP student nearing graduation, I have the perfect resource for you that will help you get all your ducks in a row as you get started with your job search. It's called the Nurse Practitioner Graduation Survival Guide, and you can get it totally free at my website at theresumerx.com slash NPgrad. This guide will help break down the glossary of all the terms and acronyms that you will need to be applying for. Think like NPI and DEA, as well as giving you the typical timeline of everything that needs to happen before you can start working as an NP. I can't wait for you to snag this guide so you can stop worrying about everything you need to do before you can be legit. Go ahead to theresumerx.com slash NPgrad and get it for free. Can't wait to hear what you think. And I know you also provide a lot of interview tips and advice, and I've actually used a lot of them myself. And I messaged you specifically about yeah. a virtual interview that I had. I mean, during this time, I feel like a lot of people having virtual interviews, kind of similar to this situation, right? I'm wearing sweatpants and you wouldn't even know. <laughs> Same. Um, but any tips for 
this specific season where, you know, people might not be hiring as much because of COVID or we're less likely to be able to go into an office physically and hand out our resume because of COVID or with like virtual interviews. What are some general tips that you might have for um, someone going through this process? Yeah, definitely. So, so I think, you know, uh, if you're in a situation where a clinic is, is not doing anything in person or it's a situation where maybe you would normally drop by, but you're not really comfortable doing so, you know, don't be afraid to get creative. If you're in email conversation with someone, or even if you're cold emailing, you could send a video, you know, you could record yourself and and introduce yourself, send a two minute video along with the text of, of your letter, you know, don't be afraid to think outside of the box here. And in terms of virtual interviews, I don't mind them. You know, I feel like you can Mm -hmm. be a little bit more prepared. Like you can have a few tricks up your sleeve in virtual interviews. So you want to set your space up physically so that it's not distracting. Of course, you want to face a light source. But what I like to do is, so here's a good example. Like I like to have my computer. I don't know if you can see it. So mm-hmm. have my computer and, and obviously I'm going to be probably talking in my computer camera, but on my screen, I can have up whatever I want, right? So I'm going to pull up my resume. I'm going to pull up the website and maybe like the mission statement of the place that I'm interviewing at. I'm going to keep up a notes app or a list of my questions, uh, mm-hmm. which can be really, really helpful. And then the one thing that I think is a really nice tip that not enough people do in virtual correspondence is rather than looking uh, at the person, so rather than looking at the screen, look at the actual camera, right? So if I'm trying to do it Ooh. during this interview, so if you've noticed, like, I'm not actually looking right at you, Clara, I'm actually looking at my phone camera. And what it does is it creates more eye contact with whoever's watching, right? So if I were to look, so this is me looking at my face and your face. Uh And now this is me looking at the actual camera. Like, can you see how that small shift can just connect you a little bit better? Uh, And so I think that's a really powerful tip to use for virtual interviewing that not a lot of people are, are thinking about. And it can make up for the fact that you're not physically in the same room with someone. Those are great tips because in my mind, when I go into a physical interview, I know that I want to look put together, presentable, make a good first impression because a lot of interviewers make their decision in the first, oh, I read a number somewhere, like the first 15 minutes or something, right? Yeah, I believe that. So it's like that handshake, the smile, the eye contact, the energy, right? Sometimes virtually it can get lost, especially with technological issues. Like some people don't have offices set up in their room, but I think those are great tips. I never even thought about looking directly in the camera. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's something that I've been trying to practice a lot. <laughs> and oh, I, I think it, it makes I a big difference. The, yeah, I love all the tips you share on your page. And I'm so excited to learn more through the MP Society as well. So the promotion is still going on. Is that correct? Yes. The promotion is going on until Friday at midnight. And um, what the promotion is, is you can join us for $37 a month. Or when you join as an annual member, you get four months free, which usually it's only two months free. But during this period, we're giving you an extra bonus two months, um, plus some goodies in the mail. So that is the promotion. Yeah. Love that. And I've already looked through and I saw, you know, case studies and the ability to just have conversations with other nurse practitioners who are in different specialties. And also for someone who is joining the NP career and are unsure of 
where they're working. I love that they're able to get a glimpse of what people's everyday looks like, what their specialties look like. I think it's such an amazing platform for nurse practitioners and nurse practitioner students. And I think you mentioned that it's kind of geared toward NPs in their first year practice. Is that correct? So the NP society itself is, is for everyone. We definitely lean, we lean towards, you know, newer in career in terms of our membership curve. But Mm -hmm. um, what we didn't talk about yet on, on this live is that uh, we're also enrolling for the NP society mentorship program, which is a 12 week experience, um, a group mentorship program. And we've got, I think 17 spots available uh, remaining for that. And that's a 12 week group mentoring experience with three of our NP society mentors. Uh, and that's really a role transition type of experience that's geared towards NPs in their first year of practice for. So for someone who needs more help, more kind of one on one and group guidance in the actual role transition, that is um, the program for them for sure. Oh, I absolutely love that. I think I will definitely need that. (laughs) I feel like, you know, especially on social media too, there's so much support for student to registered nurse transition, like how to even think like a nurse, think critically, what orders even mean, things like that. But in terms of RN to NP transition, I feel like there's limited resources. So I'm really excited to, you know, take use of it myself, but also share with my community as I, I'm going to share some exciting news too. I just accepted a gynecology nurse practitioner position and I'm so excited. Yeah. And I did exactly what you recommend. There are jobs right under your nose and you don't even realize it. And it's just about making those connections, especially in clinicals. I mean, it's basically like a working interview, right? Every time you go in, every procedure that you shadow, every patient visit that you are in with your preceptor, they're seeing how you connect with patients and you know, talk to them and interpret labs and all these things. And so I'm really excited. I'm really excited to utilize the NP Society and possibly the mentorship. That transition I'm kind of nervous about, but I'm also so glad that I have resources like your page and many other nurse practitioners on Instagram to learn from. Well, thank you. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, clinical sites being working interviews. Some of the kind of happiest new grad NPs that I've met have been ones that had great clinicals that they turned into job opportunities after graduation. So many, many congratulations to you. Thank you. I'm so excited. And thank you so much for joining this live with me. I hope everyone who watched has learned at least one thing. I feel like you shared so many gems, but of course, Amanda, um, you are doing amazing things and I'm so honored to be in this journey with you and um, tell the people where we can find you. Yes. So um, if you're watching live, you can actually just click on my click on my name and follow me over at the resume RX here on Instagram. That's where you can find me on all pages. Um, and my website is the resume And I hope to connect with you all. Thank you so much for attending. I'm excited to support you. In love this it. Yay. And I feel like you're always doing other lives too. And I love tuning into those. <laughs> I try. <laughs> so thank you for, yeah, thank you for everything that you do. You're amazing at what you do. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Clara. It was so of nice course. to finally talk to you face to face. I know, face to face, right? <laughs> well, thank you. I, I hope all of you have a great day. Amanda, let's talk soon, okay? Okay, sounds good. Bye. All right, bye. Well, that does it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you have found today's episode helpful and you would like to support the Nurse Becoming podcast, I invite you to buy me a coffee at 
buymeacoffee.com slash nursebecoming. I appreciate your support. This helps me create more content for you to enjoy and benefit from in the future. Also, would you consider giving me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already? It will truly help other nurses find the show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I can't wait to connect with you soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.